Hi, I'm Pamela Cook, host and producer of the Rights for Women podcast. And I'm Claudine Tanellis from Talking Aussie Books. We've joined forces to bring you a series of exciting interviews from the recent Romance Writers of Australia conference in Fremantle. Chatting with authors whose work ranges from historical and contemporary fiction, crime and rural romance, rom-coms and domestic thrillers. We wanted to know what being part of an organisation like the RWA meant to each of them. And the impact it had on their respective journeys to publication. We had a blast chatting to these brilliant women and can't wait to share the results. So tune in to Rights for Women and Talking Aussie Books over the next eight weeks for these fabulous episodes. Happy listening. So here we are again in the Talking Aussie Books Rights for Women RWA Green Room and I'm thrilled to be welcoming four fabulous women, Kanina May. We also have in the room Ali Blake, Leanne Lovegrove and Tanya Nellestein. Welcome ladies. Thanks for having us. Great to be here. We're on day two of the RWA conference here in Fremantle and I wondered if you could tell me, each of you, what your highlights of today were. Start with you, Ali. For today, there's so many to count. It's like Mm. it feels like there's one thing after another after another Mm. and it just everything rolls into this big gorgeous day of meeting people that we haven't seen for a number of years and I think for me it's the people. It's the people that they all understand what we do is we sit in our caves and write mm. alone and being able to get together and yeah. understand what it, what we go through and why we love what we do. So for all that goes on, it's the, the people that, that really make it for me. Indeed, I have to agree with you that I think the biggest theme that I've garnered from speaking to people over the last couple of days has been reunion, mm. essentially. Mm-hmm. Everybody's being able to be in the same room with people that they've spent a lot of time talking to you on Zoom. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what about you, Kanina? What's the highlight of the day so far? Well, Claudine, we just had champagne at th- before 3 p.m. in the afternoon, <laughs> so that's surely got to be a highlight of the day. <laughs> but, of course, connecting with those people again that you haven't seen for so long and just being able to talk about stories and books you've loved and upcoming mm. ideas and brainstorming and just mm. all the conversations that you miss or that we've missed over the last two years. Yeah, absolutely. What about you, Leanne? Yeah. Certainly reunion, but also it's really lovely to meet those people that I constantly see on social media and go, I'm following you. It's nice to see you and nice to finally, you know, meet them in person. So that's been great. Yeah, yeah. fantastic. Tanya, what about you? I agree with everything that's been said, particularly the champagne. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, this is the first year I've come as a published author, so it's been really um, lovely to sign books that I've written and to have people talk to me about that experience. And probably the highlight for me, though, was uh, making a new friend last night at the cocktail party who came and said she'd read an article I'd written in Hearts Talk, which is the monthly journal for the Romance Writers of Australia, about networking and being an extrovert and coming along to the conference and making the most of it. Mm. And she said that she'd come along with that in mind and was out trying to meet new people and put herself out there. Mm. And that was just really lovely to think that, you know, this, because Hearts Talk, I'll bang the drum, is such a fabulous um, industry journal and it was really lovely to know, A, someone's reading it <laughs> and B, that it did make a difference to someone. Mm. So that was really, really nice. Fantastic. I read Hearts Talk every month. Every month. So yeah. Yeah. I think it is. Oh, I, I actually great. think it is a wonderful publication and it's really quite dense. It takes you a while to get yes. through it. Yeah. There's so much in there, so many takeaways for not just romance writers, for writers in all genres. Absolutely. Um, So I think you guys do a tremendous job with that publication. And I actually really love that story. I love the story that, you know, people come along to these conferences with the idea of networking because we've all talked about it before, but essentially it is 
the fact that writing is a very lonely pursuit. You spend a lot of time in your own head and it is really nice to be able to connect with the people that you only ever see on social media. And for those who aren't particularly prolific in social media, I think it is really nice for them to be able to come along to events like this and actually network and, you know, be taken under someone's wing and to be able to talk shop with like-minded people. So I, I think, you know, hats off to the committee who have done an incredible job of, you know, organising this year's conference but also previous conferences where that's... You know. And it's for the new people, as you mm, say, like yeah, the new yeah. people. Like I love that when I just walk up to someone and say, hi, what yeah. do you write? And if they're there saying it's their first conference and to think how brave that is to turn up a lot of them on their own and just yeah. to kind of walk into this room. Absolutely. And as soon as you make, like every time I do that, I feel like that's a person I'm waving to for the next three days. You yeah. kind of make these instant connections mm. and remembering yourself in that situation, like to be that new person in a room like that. But I feel like as a group, it's such a warm, welcoming, big sort of hug of a group that you can always find someone to talk to. And you yeah. just, you leave feeling so inspired. I love that you've written an article to kind of give people that little nudge to kind of go, you can do it. Yeah. 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 No, it's fabulous. And that's pretty my first uh, conference was 2017. I remember I went to your workshop, Ali, which was <laughs> wonderful. I think it was bullet journals. Yeah, it could have been. Yeah, would yeah. have been. This is probably where you should say too, for any aspiring authors listening, that you, you with your RWA membership, they get the Hearts Talk <gasps> every do. month for free. <laughs> they do. It's yeah. quite true. In your mailbox, first of the month. Yeah, and, and it's, it's interesting it. that for all the mail we get, no, all the subscriptions we have, all of us are like, that's one I read every yeah, yeah, single month. Yeah. It is one that doesn't it doesn't get put aside. Yeah, and I'm very spoiled because I get to read it before everyone else, <laughs> being on the editorial team. And I love it. And I often say, oh, my God, you must read this yeah. article. It's so good. So yeah. Yeah. And all the books, the new releases on the back page. Yes. Absolutely. All your friends and members are. Yeah, yeah. I think that's excited. actually one of the best things about that is that mm. you, as an organisation, you celebrate your members. Mm. Not all organisations do that. So it's a really wonderful aspect of Hearts Talk and the organisation generally. Now, speaking of new releases, Tanya, you've got to tell us about yours. Oh, goodness. Well, I do. The one that's coming up or what's just happening? Whatever or, you like. Okay. I like This is my favourite story of this uh, conference. So tonight, as we're, we're talking here, tonight is our gala awards dinner. Now, after I placed third in the Sapphire, which is the award for an unpublished manuscript from a published author, I'll be publishing that um, particular book, which is very different to everything I've done so far. I've, I've written Vikings and I've written Vikers. This one is, everyone be prepared to correct my pronunciation, a domestic noir. I can't say it. It's impossible. I'm gonna. It's a family drama with a bit of a psychological thrill and some romance. Okay. So that's fantastic. Yes. What's it called? It is called currently, unless someone tells me differently. Okay. <laughs> That's the working title. Uh, working title. This side of fate. Ooh, Ooh. like this space to see yeah. yeah so I'm very excited about that one it's Fantastic. one I've been working on for a couple of years oh, so congrats. Yeah. congrats congratulations that is brilliant but there will be more Vikings yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay so Kanina I wanted to ask you what impact has being a member of the RWA um, and coming to conference had on your writing well, I was lucky enough that I first came in 2018, so four years ago, and at my very first conference where people were asking me, what do I write? I was very nervously not even knowing whether I could claim that I was a writer yet. And uh, I went to the pitching. I went to several, I think I did five pitches. Mm -hmm. And um, I was, I'd been saving that manuscript after placing in the Emerald Award, which is another 
uh, RWA competition. I had done quite well in that. And so I saved my manuscript up for the next like five or six months, ready to pitch it, practice my pitch. So I was, went in there with, didn't have to look at any notes, thought that that was the key to the pitch. But anyway, <laughs> concentrated. I think I even Eight did. last for yeah. memorising. Yeah. 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 I'll start I, for you. I, I do like being a good student. And I think I even did the online courses, the, the OWL courses. Are they called something different now? Academy. The Academy yeah. courses, which is not another RWA opportunity. You can do monthly courses and I did pitching, pitching ones and writing your synopsis. And I pitched and only five and a half weeks later got the, the phone call of your dreams where it's the, is this still available? And, you know, I think 10 months later, my first book, The One, was published. So that so my publishing dream came true and I think that's, built, you know, based on my opportunity of being a part of RWA and yeah. the conference coming together and all the pitching opportunities. Um, and since then, there's been highs and lows, but I think being a part of the RWA and all the people that you meet here and then you are able to have uh, relationships with outside, it's for them that the understanding of those highs and lows that um, even though you're well loved and supported by your friends and family at home, that writers get it. They yep. get those highs and lows on the next level, which is amazing. Absolutely. Now, Ali, tell me about your journey and how being a member of RWA has impacted you. Uh, my first conference I went to would have been around about 2003, I'd say. And I was, I'd write if nobody read what I was writing. That's just the way I've always been. So, but I was writing a story that I, it felt like it was something a bit different. Felt like I kind of, I really like this one. And I'd done the, you know, pre-internet internet, like this is, you know, 20 years ago, looked up to see what happens, what, ha what happens with, what do you do with a book? And found that you could send a book in, you know, send three chapters into Mills and Boone and then go from there kind of thing. So I kind of just on the quiet, so I'm just going to send the first three chapters in and who knows what's going to happen. Yeah. Then I got a letter back several months later saying, this is not an offer to buy, but could you send in the rest of the book, please? And right about that same time, uh, a friend of mine who knew I was writing said, I've heard about this, there's this conference coming to Melbourne, the, the Romance Writers of Australia. And I was like, the timing seems serendipitous. I don't know what this organisation is, but I'm just going to sign up and go as someone who didn't know mm -hmm. anyone just turning up. And I'd gone along just to, I thought it just might be a fun weekend, but having this letter saying can we see the rest of the book which to me I just thought maybe that's what they do for everybody and being able to meet people there and they'd say what do you do what are you writing and so I'd say oh this has happened and people go oh that's so exciting like good for you like it was this whole it kind of showed me this is actually something really thrilling and I should be taking this seriously it's not just something that happens to everybody completely changed my perspective mm. on what I was doing and it was this story that I was writing that I absolutely loved and hadn't finished so when I had the letter of course I just went okay and but it really kind of solidified my focus on something that I loved yeah. and thought I'm in an opportunity here nothing may come of it but I've got myself in this position that have a go and I don't know that I would have looked at it the same way without all those women who I'd never met before who just literally were just so excited for me and just completely changed the way I looked at what I was doing. Lifting you up. Oh yeah, my gosh and it really it's without that if I hadn't have had that who knows what what route I would have gone down mm. with that story and that book ended up that was my first book that I sold. And then a year later to be able to, to turn up and having yes. sold my first book yeah. was just, and to be able to then go to the Gold Coast and celebrate the fact that it was like, 
you know, mm. it was like kind of this full circle thing. Yeah. Was yeah. Um, yeah, I owe so much to them, to the you know, to the organisation and to the members. Yeah, for getting me here. That's fantastic. Mm. I love that story, and it seems to be quite a common story that I have yeah. heard. Oh. Not not only this weekend, but generally speaking. Yep. So I love that, Leanne. Tell oh. me about your journey and your relationship with RWA and how that's influenced your writing. Well, I don't have any dream stories, but I would say the most important thing RWA has given me is confidence. Mm. So I turned up and everyone gave me permission to call myself a writer. Yeah. I actually belonged. There was people talking about what I was interested in. Yeah. Um, they were listening back to me regardless of where, what level you're at, yeah. how skilled you are, whether you're published, unpublished. So it really gave me permission to call myself a writer and to take it seriously mm. and that I was allowed to take it seriously. Yeah. yeah so I love that. It's just mm. brilliant. I think that's what resonates with me most is the fact that, you know, I think I'm not alone and you're probably not alone when you say that you need permission to call yourself a writer because so often you are beavering away at your manuscripts for years yeah. and you're kind of shy to say to somebody that that's what you want to do but I think the biggest thing that RWA gave me was the confidence to own it mm, and say absolutely. this is what I do yeah and I'm proud of it and to tell other people because I was always afraid to tell other people yes. that I was writing but now it's just like yep that's what I do and I'm proud of it and I know that I've got Many women behind me who are exactly in the same position yes. that I'm in. So we touched on this a little bit earlier. Um, you know, you mentioned it, Tanya, and you mentioned it, Kanina, but competitions. So let's mm. talk about the competitions, Tanya. You tell me what competitions are out there and available for aspiring or established authors out there. In the RWA, there's yeah. so many great opportunities. I think whether it's um, you are starting out and you just want to get some feedback on your style mm -hmm. um, through things like First Kiss um, where, or Short Story, um, through to being a published author and The Ruby, which is the Romantic Book of the Year, and that's where you're, you're voted by your peers and by readers as having what people think is a really great mm. book, whether it's a, a historical or romantic mm. elements. And I think that's clearly the most coveted award for a romance writer is to be a ruby winner. But then there's everything in between, like the emerald and the sapphire, which, you know, Kanina and I have that experience of that just gives you some more industry feedback because you're getting feedback from readers and writers and then you get it from industry professionals like mm. editors and publishers and agents mm. which is just gold when you're trying to figure out where you fit and what your voice is mm. it's just really wonderful to to get that really and I find the feedback really um constructive uh, you get really great I mean occasionally you'll get someone who just doesn't like your, your work and that's absolutely fine because no one you're never going to please everyone it's no problem with that but when you get that consistent message that something isn't gelling or something really is I just I've found it so helpful mm. Um, as a writer, I think my growth as a writer, mm -hmm. and one day I'll hold that ruby. <laughs> <laughs> Fingers crossed for you, my friend, absolutely. <laughs> Ali, can you tell me what your funniest or most embarrassing moment as an author oh my has gosh. been? Um, it, ca it came so quickly to mind. It was like, <laughs> and it actually has, in the end, it actually has an RWA connection, oh, believe it wow. or not. So as a very new author, no idea why they picked me, but I was asked by ABC Radio to come and do an hour of talkback, live talkback, as a very newly published sort of in my 20s author. Wow. 
And I'm the time I'm the type who goes, yes, I'll do it. And then later goes, oh my god, what have I agreed to? Kind of thing. Not here. This is lovely. I'm enjoying this. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. Um, we all didn't have service <laughs> before we got here. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so I'm literally and sitting there for an hour, having to just answer questions from the public and from um, from the interviewer. I mean, they were so lovely. It was it was a really fun experience until they asked a question about something to do with like why people love romance. My answer was because it gives you the warm and fuzzies. And the interviewer said, the woman fuzzies. <laughs> and I was like, no, not the, the woman fuzzies. That would be the warm and fuzzies. But, of course, every, all these other authors that I knew were listening <laughs> and just thought it was the most hilarious thing that Anne Gracie, Australian historical romance author and, you know, RWA legend, created an award called the woman fuzzies so this is like my my like second ever conference as a published author suddenly gets up at the harlequin author dinner and says now we're going to present the woman fuzzies and there was like plaques that were made up and like little prizes that people would get and it was for all of these fluffs that people had done through the year it was kind of like these darwin awards for like all the romance authors who'd done things that were completely embarrassing through the year and it was named the woman fuzzies. So for all that it was like in the moment, just just like this visual of I don't even know what you're imagining. Yeah. Could possibly be, it just became this whole kind of delightful oh, kind oh. of kind of mess in the end. So yeah, having an award named after it was pretty cool. Oh, I love that story. Yeah, yeah. brilliant. Kenina. Oh, mine's not as funny as that, but I do remember feeling very embarrassed at my first conference cocktail party of asking a very, very established author if they'd ever written anything. (laughs) 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 Anyway, I've since heard a fair few people have done that. It would happen it would have to happen constantly because as you like as you say about taste, like you'd there'd be authors that some of us would have read and some of them just just never would have. So and you you learn and you Yeah, yeah. yeah. She was very, very lovely about it but I do feel like I wanted to melt into the ground congratulations (laughs) I I actually think I asked if she was pitching yeah no (laughs) you can't possibly know everyone and then probably you can't bring everybody (laughs) many silver badges badges and gold badges you didn't know what they meant right I had no idea (laughs) I love it Leanne, can you tell me who your biggest author crush is and why? Wow, today, gosh, Macy Yates. I want to go up to her and talk to her, but of course I haven't. <laughs> um, I'm secretly in love with Rachel Johns, I think, <laughs> as most Australian women writers might be. Yeah. Um, and very accommodating to all those fangirl moments. Um, but probably not so much romance-related, but Kate Norton, if she was in my vicinity, I probably would do something embarrassing and get her attention and try and get her to notice me. Could yeah. use you woman fuzzies. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they're alluring, are they? Like, oh. We're getting to the heart of them now. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, Tanya. Favourite uh, author crush? Oh, I got to meet mine this conference. I discovered an author called PJ Vi. And her books are so unbelievably brilliant. I adore them. And I had actually didn't know she was a member of the RWA. Oh. And that she was friends with people I'm friends with. And so they, I, you know, they said, I, we were talking about where we're sitting for the dinner. And it's like, oh, I'm sitting with um, a friend, Trish. She writes this PJ vibe. Like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> you must have me! 
And so, of course, I met her when she was extremely jet lagged, tired, and you know, couldn't keep her eyes open. And I'm basically going, Let me hold your eyelids, doll. I'll do it, you know, and just loving her. And yeah, but of course, like most writers, not not met a, an evil one yet. She's just lovely and happily allowed me to fangirl all over her. And yeah, so that was lovely. It's really fun to meet an author who you've admired their work so much. And yeah. She's great. Love her. And then she played the piano last night and allowed me to sing very loudly. Me and a whole lot of other people. You're definitely BFFs. Yeah. Singing. Wow. Oh, Esther Campion told me about that. Oh, my God. It was <laughs> so much fun. And clearly people were intimidated because they couldn't come and tell me how good I was. Sure. And I just want people to know that you can okay. just come and tell me. It's <laughs> yeah. okay. It's yeah. okay. That's why they weren't telling me. Okay. So I'm going to throw this question out to the group and whoever feels the need to answer can answer. But I wanted to ask about romance writing something about the fact that there seems to be a lot of misconceptions around romance writing and so what do you say to people who come up to you or question why you write romance it's funny that i often get asked like a, a similar kind of question mm -hmm. and i've not really come up against any kind of pushback when i say that i write romance which mm -hmm. might not be the norm mm -hmm. Maybe because I tend to be a bit of a cheerleader about things that I love. And so if I'm asked about it, if you're unapologetic or it's just like, this is, I write romance and I love it, like how lucky am I? Mm. It's it's a funny, I think people can't, there's people, oh, then great. I'm, you know, there's whether whether that's something to it. Um, but I'm not sure with the rest of you, but you, you do hear stories of people might say, oh, why don't you write something else? Or, um, But in my experience, whenever I say I'm an author and I say, what do you write? I say, I write. I write romance, you know, I love it. Um, I kind of get nothing but but like, oh, that's that's so cool. And then you get like stuck in a corner, you know, where you, mm. people ask 700 questions about, tell me about this, and I've always wanted to write a book and um, that kind of thing. But I'm not sure about you guys, what your experiences have been. Well, I feel like I don't write straight romance. I write women's mm. fiction. Yeah. But if people have mentioned the romance element, there's not a story really that doesn't have an element of love in it. Mm, and yeah. so whether it's romantic love or just love between mother and daughter or, or you know, siblings or friends or whatever mm -hmm. the love is, I think that that's, what's, that's you know, love makes the world go round mm -hmm. type thing. So mm. whilst uh, mine might have romantic elements within its uh, storyline, um, yeah, and I think what you were saying earlier about being a cheerleader of your own work, I know if I see someone celebrating what they do, you mm. think, oh, wow, they are so lucky to do that every day of their life. I mean, I've just seen a couple of uh, live theatre performances recently and just seeing their energy on stage and seeing how happy they are to perform and get to do that, I think it would be very, like, I feel that about authors as well, mm. getting to write is a dream come true for all of us that do it. So it's just something to be celebrated. Yeah. Leanne, do you ever get any pushback? A little bit, more so because I'm involved in uh, a number of book clubs and we read wide range of fiction and we will never read romance it's always other books mm. and it will often come up that that's what I write so we talk about it but I usually refer to the feel-good nature of that sort of fiction and in particular with these current times and COVID experiences we've all had we're all seeking out to feel good mm. and to escape and to have a pleasurable experience reading some fiction so I often will refer back to those sort of references and most people agree with that. They, they can't dispute that, that sort of fiction does make you feel good and takes you to a different place. So. Yeah. 
Tell me about you. I'm a bit similar to Kanina. I believe everything's a romance. Like if mm. you look hard enough, there's a love story to be found mm. everywhere. And um, particularly, like, you know, I love action films. And you can always find that romantic element somewhere. The reason he was in the burning building is the woman he loved was there. You know, that mm. kind of thing. Yep. Also, I write Viking romance and I travel with an axe. So we talked a little bit about competitions and the like earlier, but I wanted to ask each of you, how do you work on your craft? Is it something you continue to, to work on and, and how do you do that? What's your method, Alan? For me, I think I love coming to conferences or author talks because I love hearing how other authors do it. Today at the conference, I hosted, um, helped host a panel called The Rules of Writing asterisk there are no rules um, <laughs> which because it's a, it's a it's that to really tell people in the room especially sort of newbies in the room to say that whatever you hear about the way that you should go about it it honestly whatever way gets you from beginning to end is the only way that matters so for me going on to any author talks and conferences I'll always pick up new ideas or yeah. new things to try so there's this constant evolution of how I write. So how I started at the beginning, I would have known I would have known nothing and just literally written in, written a story that came out of my head. And I'm probably a lot of that still similar. Yeah. That I'm still someone who doesn't have a plot. I have a really um, basic, tiny little idea of how they meet, and that's it. And all of the the, the sort of digging my way into the story is where I learn all about the people and what, what's happening with them. But I, I love, I'll still try new things all the time. And that's yeah. the thing about coming to a conference like this is that every person I talk to, every talk that you go to, you'll either kind of go, ah, oh, that's not for me, or you'll go, oh, I've never tried that, mm. or you'll go, I did that and I didn't realise I did it. So mm. it, it kind of it solidifies your your grip on that really works for me. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's yeah, it's a sort of a constant happy evolution to try different things. And every, every book for me, I don't know for you guys, every book for me is a whole new deal. It mm. doesn't, just because you've learnt a lot from the last one makes no difference to the next yeah. one. It's its own beast. Yeah. So having different tools and different kind of methods and ways to come at it mm. is, is is a healthy thing, I think. I've heard that a lot. And as somebody who's yet to be published, it's kind of a little bit scary and also affirming in equal measures that, you know, each book is a new proposition entirely and a lot of people think, well, I might have published 15 books before but I'm scared that I'm not going to know how to do this any longer. It seems to be a very common issue amongst writers. It can, and it can be a fear thing or it can mm. be like an exciting thing as mm. well and whether it's perspective or just everyone's personality is different mm. how they come at it. Sometimes it's the fear that helps drive you as well. Like for me, like I need a deadline that's not self-imposed because the idea of disappointing someone is a real great motivator for me. So having that kind of, that fear can like, that can actually help like to motivate you as well. But yeah, so I think I, I fully agree. There is that kind of teetering kind of like, here we go as you yeah. dive into this unknown. Yeah. Um, but we keep going back to it. So clearly yeah. it's it's kind of this this lovely kind of fear that's a bit thrilling that keeps Indeed. us going. Rachel Johns is just so self-effacing in so many ways and I think I've never heard her once say that she's confident in, you know, her ability to do it again. She's always not confident of her yeah. ability to do it again and yet mm. she's so incredibly prolific. So, yeah, and so competent. And so competent, yeah. you know, so... Like I said, it's terrifying but affirming at the same time to know that even people as experienced as Rachel and as experienced as you are, Ali, that you still, that there are still moments where you doubt that you can do it again. But it was an interesting uh, quote that came out of Rachel's session this morning where she held up a picture of Nora Roberts 
it was like a little whiteboard that she said, I think it was, whoever tells you that there's only one way to write is a lying bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that. I thought that is just perfect. Mm. So, Kanina, mm. tell me, how do you improve your craft? Well, I think I'm the same. I always want to learn more. And, it, I mean, for the last two years we haven't had anything like this, but I listen to a lot of podcasts like your own um, because you want to hear about how authors are doing it and you want you, you hear their ideas and you think, oh, maybe that would work for me or maybe I should try that out mm. or, um, yeah, I think just being able to absorb how, I mean, and when you talk to writers, everyone or authors, they all do it differently. Mm. There's no one set way and at mm. the end of the day, so many books come out. So what works for someone doesn't work for someone else. So I feel like I'm still very much in my infancy of being mm. an author and still am learning what works best for me. But after listening to Ali, maybe I won't <laughs> ever know what works <laughs> for me. <laughs> maybe every book will be different. Yeah. But, yeah, the, I mean, I guess it's trying. The, my first book I wrote completely on Word, but then when I discovered Scrivener, mm. the, I, I mean, now I think, oh, my gosh, my life would have been so much oh, easier wow. had I been able to write in that program. And then even now I'm experimenting within the program. And then yeah. you experiment with whiteboards and Post-it notes and stickers <laughs> and different books, and you think, is this going to work better? Is this going to improve my system? Is this going to improve my efficiency? Yeah. And then you read the draft and you think, oh, gosh, I don't know, many of it works. <laughs> yeah, I think it's what Ali said, it's fear. Mm. Yeah. It's fear that we, we won't be able to recreate the magic mm. from the first time or mm. whatever it is, that you, you're constantly in search of new ways and new answers um, to a question that we ask ourselves. Leanne, I'm obsessed with um, learning and trying to improve. So outside of conference, I don't do so many courses anymore, but in the early years, mm. I did course after course after course, and they were fabulous. Mm. Now I sort of obsessively go to author talks if they're local to me at home in Brisbane. So I go to as many of those as I can. Yeah. I've seen Alan a few. <laughs> and then I'm also obsessed with articles and craft books. Mm. So, you know, I'm that sad person that will buy every craft book that comes across me. And it's that same concept. You pick out just one thing yeah. that really mm. resonates with you and the whole book has been entirely worth for it. For sure. Yeah, it is yes. that. If you get that one yes. light bulb, yeah. it's like it's so worth it yeah. for yes. any talk, anything you go to. And sure. often if you read those books, there's always gems in there. So mm. you're not the entire process or the entire book, but there's always something you can extract from that mm. and take away. Either try it, might mm. not work, but mm. if you give it a go, it could be the best thing ever. Oh, so brilliant. Mm. Tanya, what about you? I similar in the early days did lots and lots of courses like just to learn how to even structure. <laughs> you write something down and realize that's not that's actually not good. That's just words on a page. So I did a lot of that, but these days I find a couple of things. I can hear my uh, my editor's voice in my head when I'm doing something. So there's those kind of things that I can hear her speaking to me going, okay, I'll just sort that out but similar with the craft books and um, the last book I tried to write I started writing it and realized there's no plot there's no character arcs there's actually nothing going on here and I'm the kind of person that will suddenly go like in a job interview when you're asked a really basic question be like, I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know how to do that yeah and that's, <laughs> I, don't, I don't actually know how to write a book yeah. so I'll google it <laughs> just basically Google and find something like an, an interesting craft book. Yeah. Mm. And I went through about three when I started writing the last uh, the book I'm working on at the moment before I found something. It was all around character arcs. And I just sat there and read this textbook from cover to cover mm. and went, aha, 
Mm. All righty. Now, I've written five books. I have mm. an idea about character, but in that moment I had no idea. No mm. idea. Couldn't I, tell you. I think there's something to the fact that if we're big readers, these things are absorbed. Yeah. Mm. So it's story arcs and character arcs and mm. structure and all of these things that for someone like me who doesn't plot can sound like, oh, I don't even want to think about yeah. those things. But all of that stuff is absorbed. When you watch movies, all of these things, mm. there's there's kind of that natural that we can do it in a way not knowing why we're doing it. Yeah. And so once you kind of get start to then learn the understanding of oh, that's why it goes up yeah, and down yeah. or that's why the character has, you know, the things that kind of change over the course, you might not even know why you're doing it mm. because you've just absorbed story for so long. And sometimes having someone put a name to it or put, you know, it can kind of just give it weight and yeah. and gravity that in a way that you go, okay, that's important for me. Now I can kind of see how I can make that better and deeper better, and richer. Yes. And, and I find I'll, I'll be writing something and realise I've written it into a wall and then go back and look, well, because there is no development, there's, mm. this, this character or this boy is not moving anywhere. Right. Why is that? Who is this person? Yeah. So I've either, yeah, just taken that one nugget and gone, that's a brilliant idea. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually only a chapter, though. Yeah. So yeah. what's going to go with it? So, yeah, and that's then when I have that moment of blank, I actually don't know how to. What's my name again? <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, so I just go back to the beginning. I find mm. where, wherever I found you, whether it's a, a book or a course or ringing up a writer friend and saying, I don't know what I'm doing. Please and help. I yeah, I think a lot is said for we're all we all read all the time, and I listen to lots of audiobooks too. And I think being as a writer, you appreciate so much what authors do in their books. Yeah. You go, yes. ah, I see what yeah. you're doing there. Yes. That is very clever. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> it's very yes. clever. Very clever. I love yeah. that. And then you go, oh, okay, that's how they've done that. And then you go, how can I do that? Yes, so yeah. no. <laughs> yeah. oh, no, I do. Why do you not like? <laughs> yeah, those books that you read, you think I now never, I'm never going to write again. Yeah. I'm just going to read that person's that, books yeah. over and over so again. Yeah. yeah. Or if you, so I find if I'm watching a TV series or a movie and they do it really well, <gasps> everyone watch this if you want to know how to do a character yeah. art. Yeah. <laughs> like what? I don't know. But you know, just yeah. it made it made sense yeah. in that moment to me. You talked a little bit about your books, Tanya, earlier, but I'd like to give each of you an opportunity to speak about your latest release. What about you, Ali? I have a book out at the moment called The Wedding Favour, and mm. I find I just find it really hard to talk about my books. Mm. It's a funny thing that, and I'm so I was saying earlier, here's my book, read it, kind of <laughs> look at the pretty cover. But yeah, so this one here is about a um, a girl who had heartbreak in her life to the point that she had a journal from when she was about 10 years old where she would write down all the really big heartaches with lots of like drawings and pictures and sadness and to the point when she got to like heartache number eight when she was in her 20s she just went that's it I'm done I don't want heartache number nine like a cat with nine lives I'm like I cannot do it I'm going to put everything in place in my life so that I cannot have be have my heart broken again so she's coming at it from a place of desperately trying not to put herself you know she would never fall in love of course because and she's at a wedding, her best friend's wedding, and in walks heartache number four, who is her high school crush. They end up just kind of, you know, sparking instantly, and she does a favour for him at the wedding sort of accidentally, and then he does one for her at the wedding accidentally, and then it kind of becomes this thing where they start doing favours for one another or she wants the favours to be at a point where they're balanced so that there's no one owing anyone anything mm. and then we can go our separate ways mm. again and everything will be fine. So it kind of becomes this excuse to spend time together as they keep doing these favours while not dating, not seeing each other, not having any kind of relationship. It's just and to the point that they just become more and more immersed in one another's lives and kind of discover each other. Um, oh, I mean. Over time. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll take that one. And I called it heartache number nine in uh, 
as I was writing it until my editor came back and said, we'd like to call it the wedding favour. And I went, oh, my God, that's so clever. Like, how did I not even? I'm like, that is, like, the perfect. Like, I was so yeah, happy with the title. Works. I'm like, that is so cool. Is that available now? It Ali? is available now. It's out now in Australia in a in ebook and in a paperback as a double book uh, called The Wedding Season with another another author's book in there as well. So, yeah. Wonderful. Kanina, do you want to talk about what you're working on or...? My second book, All We Have Is Now, came out in April of last year and it's about three women that run a wellness centre together. Uh, They've all kind of come together with their hopes and dreams of healing other people. However, they've all got their own aches to heal themselves. So it's it's a story about friendship and love and healing and grief and loss, but with a lightness at the end. Mm. Beautiful. I really loved that book. Thank you, Chloe. Do you know I spoke to you about it on yeah. the podcast? I absolutely loved it. Very well done. Leanne, you've got a new book coming out. Yes, I'm very excited. I have a new book coming out, 16 September. Um, it's on pre-order now, Her Ooh. Out Back Home, Small Town Contemporary Romance. So really it's the feisty environmental heroine versus the big bad developer hero mm-hmm. who's trying to take her home essentially mm-hmm. so they have a lot of conflict um but uh, also uh, you know attracted to each other so Tanya, <laughs> tell me about your domestic noir oh. <laughs> young woman whose life is turned upside down rather dramatically when her parents are in a horrific car accident mm-hmm. and all these family secrets start spilling out mm-hmm. and her life unravels from you know who she it, it kind of questions who she is as a person because it turns out her dad is not her dad mm-hmm. and it sends her down a path of well who is her father and uh, all these secrets that her mother has in her past as her family unravels around her and her relationship unravels around her and then of course we introduce the sexy private investigator mm-hmm. who just solve everyone's problems including mine if I let it no I don't know this man I just make it <laughs> she supports the criminal sharks as do I yeah. in the book that's all I've yeah. de- dedicated the book to Collingwood so yeah, yeah I, mean, I hear that I've actually got a, um, a mystery series where I've called all the characters after the sharks and yeah. all and originally all the bad guys were self <laughs> so, and I had to change it because I went they might get really upset quarries. with me so um, yeah so I've changed them but I've kept my hero who is now member with the sharks but I still love him so that's okay okay oh, yeah. that's cool yeah, yeah that's cool alright I think we need to wrap this up <laughs> I've had the best time chatting with you all in the RWA green room today thank you so very much for joining me thank, thank you it was so much fun <laughs> That's a wrap, folks. If you enjoyed this podcast episode, please drop me a line via my webpage at claudinetanellis.com, via Instagram, Facebook or Twitter. Alternatively, consider leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or Google Podcasts. Until next time, happy reading.